They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. Here with my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd. Where are you hailing from this week? Still from Cardiff, Wales. Okay, so you haven't moved from there No, I haven't moved yet. Tomorrow I'll be moving. I'll be looking tomorrow. (laughs) And we would also like to welcome a special guest, resident NXT expert for the Matt Madness Podcast, Derek McCauley, DMAC. How's it going? Ronnie Boy, good to see you, man. It's been a while. Alo, good to see you're still holding on to your title. Yeah, yeah. Always. Austin Aries hasn't come out yet. Dude, there's well, Austin's gonna have to see first to yeah. come after you. That's true. Yeah, That's how you would beat him. Like if you ever have that match with Aries, just like stand on that side so his peripheral vision is just shot. Yeah. You just could circle left. You take him out. Yeah. Basically. Then, yeah, and then I'll do the second version of the finger poke of doom on his eye. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know, dude. I don't think I would. I don't think I would want to touch that. That thing is brutal. <laughs> are you going to poke the good eye? The bad eye. Oh, see, I would poke the good eye because then he's got no eyes. Hey, see, know. Ron's got Ron's got strategy on his side. Well, wasn't well, I was going to poke him in the eye and roll him up? <laughs> okay. Fair hey, you enough. know what, Ron? I mean, you have strategy on your side, but Alo's got gold. He does. The, so, the I mean, there has to be somewhere in the middle. You guys meet. <laughs> I don't know. We got to discuss it because we both have beef with Austin Aries. Uh, I'm beginning but, to think Alo's never going to defend that belt. Well, no, nobody's up. Nobody's up to the task so far. Well, he's like he's like Dean Ambrose with the U.S. title. <laughs> so he's the longest reigning, just rarely defended. Yeah, it's just very easy to brag when you just never defended against anybody. <laughs> That's a good point. Actually, we may we may have to look into this. Yeah, we will have to. We have to find That's out my the start date of yeah. you as the European champion. Yeah, we will have to. There's my first hot take. <laughs> and it was it Alo, was piping Alo hot. Alo is a paper champion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek, we we were talking before the show, so I know there was a time when I loved NXT every week, looked forward to it, couldn't wait to watch it. I remember and, that. Yeah, that time is not now. No, uh, no, it's not. And I know you were doing weekly reviews of NXT. What's NXT? Uh, yep. So Quite you're feeling the, the same way about it. Up, right? Uh, as far as the product goes, here's, here's where I undermine everything that you said about me in the intro. Okay. While I, while I am known as somebody who knows about NXT and (laughs) I appreciate being called the NXT expert for the show, I did, after I stopped doing the show and after I started my new job, I actually haven't been watching it on a pretty regular basis on a week in week out basis. I've actually been listening to you guys to catch me up on it. But from what I've heard and from what I've actually, like, gone back and just seen highlights and Bleacher Report and stuff, I am not missing anything. Oh, no. No. I'm really not missing anything. And the biggest testament to that and the fact that they're not doing anything right now over there is the fact that having not watched it since NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, like, Mm -hmm. the show show after where Nakamura comes back with the belt and has his championship celebration. Right. It was the last time I actually watched it. I felt like watching watching Takeover Toronto. I felt like I I've, I've missed nothing. <laughs> because, because, like literally, I watched it. I was just like, oh, so the main event is Joe versus Nakamura again. I saw them the last time they wrestled in person, and it was great. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly what happened with that. Oscar's uh, facing somebody who's not actually signed to the company because, again, <laughs> as I wrote articles about and talked about many times before. She's unbeatable because nobody in NXT stands any chance to face her at all. 
So they had to get somebody from the outside to face her. So that wasn't surprising. Uh, Bobby Roode is still an entrance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, although he does have a better finish now because he doesn't do road dogs finisher anymore. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, dude, there's not a lot that changed. Oh, and uh, TM61 are still jobbers. <laughs> don't, don't get me started on that. We'll get to that. Oh my god. Here's here's my thing, and I know that, and I'll just go out on this real quick, and then mm-hmm. we can like reel it, reel it back and talk about each of the matches because I'm sure that's how you want to do it. Mm-hmm. But who out there actually, like 100, I need to know who out there, the listeners, you guys on the show, who actually believes that TM61 had any chance of winning that match? Um, maybe their parents. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, they got to the finals, and you can say what you want. Like, a Tommy getting injured again mm-hmm. probably factored into the entire thing of them not getting far in the tournament. Aries getting hurt probably derailed the entire thing with him and Strong, mm-hmm. which was unfortunate. But the Authors of Pain were my pick before they even announced this tournament was going to happen again. They were the obvious people that were going to win this tournament since day one, whether people liked it or not. I mean, yeah, they're boring. They're kind of green in the ring. But, I mean, they're dominant big men that destroy smaller dudes and they get heat for it. Yeah. I So, I think I felt like as soon as they were in the tournament, I didn't see any way they could lose. I think we yeah. had tried to convince ourselves, well, it's kind of a baby face thing, the whole tournament. So, somehow yeah. they'll lose. But at a certain point, it was like, yeah, they're just going to steamroll their way to this championship. So, yeah, yeah you're right. It was You could see it from a mile away. Which isn't always bad, but... No, predictability in wrestling I have no problem with. It's just the fact that it's been predictable in NXT, which is uncharacteristic of them, for the past three months. Since Brooklyn 2, I've basically been able to call what's going to (laughs) happen. And it's just like, okay, cool. With the exception of the main event match, which I think shocked just about everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, unless somebody really just wanted to go out on a limb and just be like, you know what, they're just going to keep going with this. I don't think anybody picked Nakamura to lose that match. I, I strongly doubt it. Nope. Um, and what, One thing actually I want to say about NXT, during the summer there was a point when I was always saying that like Raw sucked every week, but you could count on the pay-per-view being really good. Yeah. I never thought I would say that about NXT, but that's kind of <laughs> what it turned into. It's like yeah, the man, takeovers I mean, but- are always good, they always deliver, but weekly it's just not... A great, a great way to spend, you know, 48 to 55 minutes. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate just because all the cues are still there. Like, all the production value is still there. All of the good dialogue is still there. Just the in-ring product isn't up to snuff right now. They're not giving me any, there's not giving me anything over there for me to really sink my teeth into, which is really weird considering they were coming off a real big hot streak with the crossover appeal between that and CWC. Yeah. Well, my thing was, it's, there's no characters, so you don't, they're in a holding pattern where they haven't developed characters yet, so you don't even really care. Like, I want to I wanna care about the women's division. Like, I like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce but, and Ember Moon, but I want to care. But like you said about when they try to get an outsider in, because none of those women would even seem to be a challenge for Asuka. Yeah. Well, Peyton Royce, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are actually going by different names now. Did you know that? I did not. No. What are the names? Yeah, they're go- uh, Dana Brooke and Emma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me with that one. I was like, oh, we got a scoop. <laughs> There's a quick scoop for you right there. <laughs> See, that's why you're the NXT expert. Nobody else is delivering that kind of news. That's why I'm here. Yeah. So you mentioned the main event. 
obviously Shinsuke Nakamura, hugely po- yes, hugely popular NXT champion, undefeated, defending against Samoa Joe, who's been on a conquest for what is it three months now since Takeover Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean he he's been Joe's been one of the lone bright spots on NXT leading up to this. And maybe that's why it shouldn't be as surprising, even though Nakamura is so completely over and people like are singing his theme song, even when he's not there. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like the positive version of the John Cena sucks chant. Like yeah. people walk in, people walk into arenas around the world and start the John Cena sucks chant before he's even there, regardless of even if he's there at all, the Nakamura yeah, thing filming just, somewhere and they're still doing it. Yeah. The Nakamura thing starts as soon as you enter an NXT event. Right. It's just there. It's there permanently. He's the most overstar, arguably in the company. Uh, so for is. him, so for him to lose in the way that he did, which I thought was kind of anticlimactic, was surprising. Yeah. Now I, I'm pretty sure I, I know uh, the two of us over here, Alo and myself, were not uh, not that we didn't like their match at Takeover Brooklyn, but we thought that there was more. Like they, they, there was more there than what they got, and I'm pretty sure you right. felt the same way, correct? Uh, the takeover, the one thing that I will give the Toronto match over the Brooklyn match was they actually showed that they hated each other in right. this match. There was actual animosity because I know Alo, you and I talked about it when me and Russ came on the last time to review the show. The animosity was so intense leading into the Brooklyn two match that you thought, Oh, this dude, these dudes are going to just rip each other's heads off. And then they started out with 10 minutes of lockups and wrist locks. <laughs> My and, favorite. It, and it was just like, what the hell is going on? You guys hate each other. Why are you doing wrist locks right now? This one, they just went full bore at each other. And I appreciated that aspect of it. There was a lot more physicality yeah. shown by both guys. Like this felt like a fight. Yeah. And that's Brooklyn what it needed two. to feel like after yeah. Brooklyn, after all Brooklyn that. Brooklyn two was a match. Yeah, you, Brooklyn yeah, you're two right. was a match. Uh, so Alo, you I know I said I thought this match was going to exceed what happened in Brooklyn. Uh, you felt that way. You at least hoped it would. Yeah, because they didn't have much to much to beat. Do you feel that it did? Oh yeah, no doubt. And Derek, I know you you feel the same way. Uh, uh, I I think that the match itself. At Brooklyn 2, I thought that the match was very good. I think that what most people will remember about it and the reason that it will get elevated in some people's minds is mm-hmm. because Nakamura's victory was so amazing. Yeah. And, pe- and the live atmosphere being there was just insane. So I'm biased towards that match. But as far as what it needed to be, the Toronto match was more fitting to the rivalry. Uh, I, I felt that. I thought that... Uh... Everybody thought Nakamura was going to win. I think everybody thought it was obvious that he was going to win. But I think, like you said, Joe has been one of the few lone bright spots on NXT for the last few months. Dude, he is he is doing the Kevin Owens character. <laughs> he is doing the Kevin Owens character. Like, But I think he's doing it better, to be honest with you. I really do. Like, Owens is better, Owens is better by a little bit on the microphone. Like, he's more mm-hmm. captivating, and he looks like more of a bastard. But Joe is just so menacing as a guy that when he's angry, you just truly believe that he will destroy anybody that gets in his way. Like I bought him destroying the entire roster right. trying to get to Nakamura again, although it was kind of funny to hear 
him yelling about getting Nakamura, even though he's the reason Nakamura is not there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the entire time it was like this dude with anger issues, just like, dude, you heard him. He's the, yeah. you're the reason he's not there. Well, see, I looked at that like that was the point. Like he didn't even necessarily need to have a match with Nakamura. He just wanted to be given the belt back. Um, yeah, he just wanted it by default, by brute strength. He just destroyed his opponent. Yeah, and to your point about believing him, how menacing it, that shot of him, like right after his entrance of like the close up of his face before yeah. Nakamura was introduced, like that was, that looked like he was about to fight Brock Lesnar in the octagon. Like that's how believable he is as an angry, menacing guy. Shout, um, shout out to WWE when he eventually comes up, I'd pay to see that match. Oh, so would I. I. But I also think... One of the like few his, Brock matches I'd pay to see. Yeah. Right, me too. Uh, the Survivor Series match tonight excluded. It's going to be awful. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Dude, I, can't, I can't wait, but part of me is just going to die a little bit inside if they put that on last, which they're going to. Uh. Because literally the entire build-up, not to get into Survivor Series too much here, but like I'm really enjoying the brand split. I'm really enjoying having Raw and SmackDown feuding against each other going into Survivor Series with the teams. Mm-hmm. Even though it's weird that Becky Lynch isn't the captain of the women's team as the champion. Why is Nikki Bella the captain of the women's team for SmackDown? And why was it between her and Natty? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like those yeah. are the finalists for it. Some of like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Charlotte is clearly the person for role. Right. It's just like, dude, how many times are you going to just spit in Becky's face? <laughs> how, many, how many times are you just going to continue to deny how great that woman is? Uh, indefinitely. Well, I think that was a Kevin Dunn idea. Probably. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like the accent. He's, is that him? Yeah. Dude, he's, he's such an asshole. Like, <laughs> I, don't believe that dirt, I don't believe that dirt sheet, but I just, <laughs> I just every time Kevin I hear Dunn. something, every time I hear something about Kevin Dunn, it's just like, this dude is shit. Like, what is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now like, Cornette has the best on him and I'm iffy on Cornette, but when he just calls him like he's a buck tooth bastard. Yeah, I do. Hey, I can't stand Jim Cornette. Just the accent, the voice, the constant screaming. I can't. I can't deal with him. He's somebody, yeah, he's on my want to punch in the face list. Well, we'll oh, he has a he has a punchable face for sure. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about him in the, in the coming months. <laughs> Who Cornette? Yeah, uh, sure. By the way, just throwing this out of nowhere. Did you hear the bad news about Vader? Yeah, I did. It's a shame. That's such a shame. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy, and I I hope that the Mick Foley campaign of getting him in the Hall of Fame immediately pays off. I didn't even realize he wasn't in the Hall of Fame yet. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he just went in this year. Yeah, I mean he should. WWE's, WWE's usually good with if, especially if it's conveniently someone's dying, they'll just do it. Right. Because I mean WWE, if nothing else, has been known over the years to put people that are sick and/or dying and/or dead in there for a sympathy kind of thing. Yeah, which in in this case, it's good. And too many people have gone in there posthumously for them to not try to get. Especially, they should have especially learned a lesson from China at this point. Like, that well, was somebody shot. who was beloved, who deserved to be in there, who unfortunately will never get to be inducted in person into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and hers was less even business. Hers, whatever they want to say, hers was personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which sucks. Um, yeah, hers hers was bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, my, my last thing about Samoa Joe is, as surprised as I was that he won, that the whole story of him, like, almost the only story on NXT was his quest to get this title back so i so think for him, it's yeah. fitting that he got it like to me it made that story actually mean something that he did get it back and that shot right. of him holding the belt up 
over a lifeless Nakamura, I thought was an awesome way for them to end the show. Quick question. Answer. All right. More shot guy. The, the guy in the front row at TakeOver mm. or the guy at WrestleMania 30? Uh, the guy at WrestleMania 30. <laughs> to, to me, that's the poster boy for shock. <laughs> that guy was doing his best impression of the guy from <laughs> WrestleMania 30. Dude, that guy, that guy is so... That guy's so famous that he's actually a celebrity now. <laughs> like that's that's all you need to know about how famous that dude is. Like he was on Edge and Christian show. Was he on really? the network? Was he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that yeah, worth they, watching? They, no, the show is funny. That show. I thought the hilarious. show was really funny. The first two episodes, it felt like they were trying to get their groove, mm-hmm. and then after that, they just hit a stride and they just killed it for the rest of the season. All right, maybe maybe when I have some some WWE downtime, which is almost never, but yeah, because they had yeah. this, they had this one segment that was um if social media was around back then, <laughs> and um yeah, I think it was the Papa Shango <laughs> with Ultimate Warrior. Uh, when Ultimate Warrior, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um they kept tweeting about currently about about that time who booked this crap or some <laughs> stuff like that. I can't remember exactly what was said, <laughs> but it was so funny. Uh, question for both of you, Samoa Joe. First ever two-time NXT champion. Is he deserving of that honor? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, if you want to name me somebody else on the roster that's worthy of being that, then you can go ahead. There's pretty much nobody else on the NXT roster that could be a two-time champion right now other than Nakamura getting the belt back. Yeah. I don't buy – I've said it once. i said it a million times. Until he shows me otherwise, I don't buy Bobby Roode as a main event guy. Um, I'm kind of there, too. Uh, like he's, you're right about it being him. He's an entrance and a song. Like, I feel like people definitely love the entrance song more than they love him. Yeah. And that's, and that's totally fine. Like there's some, like his entrance at Toronto was well, glorious. (laughs) I mean, it was fantastic. He had a choir out there and everything. He has his Ric Flair robe. He's strutting like he's wall street, Ric Flair. Like that's basically his character. He comes out and he says a couple of months ago, not only is he going to put NXT on the map, he's going to make it even more money than it's ever made. He's going to make it have merit on Wall Street and mm-hmm. in New York and where he's from because he's so much better than you and he wears suits all the time. He's Ric Flair from Wall Street. Yeah. Now, Alo, you said he does deserve it. Yeah. Uh, did you expect it or no? No, I didn't expect it because we've come of – well, I, I, this is what I was going to say right here before I raise my hand. <clears throat> I like the finish because, Joe, we don't see, like – Joe intentionally pushed the referee, then low blow Nakamura, yeah. and then he slammed him on the steps and then hit the muscle buster. I didn't expect him to win because for the past, well, since NXT's kind of been around, we've been accustomed to, okay, when you lose the title, you're going to get your rematch, yeah, you're and you're going to lose, and you're going to WWE. Mm-hmm. We've been accustomed to that. So now this is actually really intriguing because it's like, okay, what's going to happen now? And well, here's, yeah, sorry. Go, yeah, so it's like, okay, what's going to happen now? So I'm actually intrigued to see what's going to happen because... This feud was actually good. We we said it on the show. This has been actually good. It's just the fact, the fact that we don't really want to watch the rest of NXT. Yeah. It's been real lackluster. It's like so. So it's like the crowd's even dead at, at full sale. Right. So so this this build was really good, but the rest of the show has hasn't been. So I'm actually intrigued. It's like okay, what's going to happen to Nakamura? I don't think he's be right. He'll be WWE ready currently, but you can actually have the rematch at NXT San Antonio, whatever you're going to call it, because you yeah. know. That's yeah, probably going to be there. So after that, after that match happens, if that happens, like I said, you can have Nakamura maybe come up in February if you want. If you don't get it back to him, because as of now, the way I have my pre WrestleMania card, 
I don't have an opponent for AJ Styles. Yeah. And I've been an advocate for if when when Nakamura does go to WWE for him to be on SmackDown. Because well, it's funny that you say that actually because I had an intriguing idea. Because as much as I want to see the Nakamura Joe feud continue, and it will, they have there has been precedent of people showing up on the main roster without formally being called up. And I don't think Shane O'Mac's wrestling in this match tonight. No? Oh, really? I think I think Shane O'Mac gets a proxy, and it could be Nakamura. Well, that would be something. Yeah. <laughs> which, would, which, which would be incredible. Yeah, because, because right now, if you look at the two teams, Raw's team is very clearly better. Mm-hmm. They need somebody. Well, I, I didn't think that's going to happen because I thought that with the Undertaker returning, that um, AJ Styles... He's going to be the guy. No, it's like, no not, not he's going to be the guy, but the fact that he was saying there'll be hell to pay if you guys lose or if something goes wrong. I, I think Ellsworth gets involved and AJ just gets <laughs> so pissed and it costs him the match. And oh, what was I want to say? And you think we get a Taker feud for the title with yeah. Styles? Yeah. Okay. By, by, by at least the Rumble. That was my thing. And people, and the Dirt Sheets are speculating because of Survivor Series and things happen in Survivor Series, they're saying something's going to happen. That's the only reason yeah, I'm saying that. that. Well, Nakamura would be something. Yeah. I got to love that prediction that something's going to happen at an event. Yeah, per Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's always good to hear that something's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, I, did, I, I, I was going in thinking I was just going to be watching nothing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So at uh, least just something, a blank, something just a blank will happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really going out on a limb, predicting something will happen. Something will happen. <laughs> uh, women's title. Asuka. Uh, this isn't even necessarily how she's booked. This is just kind of the reality. There's no one that has a chance to take that title from her. Yeah, can I can I throw something in on Oscar real quick? Yeah, I've been I've been saying this for a while. I don't know if I ever said it on the show before. Mm-hmm. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I I love Oscar, man. Yeah, I saw that picture you posted on Facebook. <laughs> oh, dude, she is so fine. Yeah, I I love Oscar too. I feel the same way. I love I love that crazy shit. Yeah, like the, but, uh, the eyes, the like crazy psychotic smile, like the. Uh, she's just a badass. Dude. Yeah, like, she just awesome. comes out and just owns it. Like I love <laughs> that they knock that they like Nakamorified. I just made that word up. Yeah. They knock them. They like Nakamorified the Matt Madness oh, Wrestling right. Podcast. <laughs> we can add that to the glossary. It's yeah. on page seventy six. <laughs> but um, no, they Nakamorified her entrance, which I thought was really cool because like every time she's coming out now with more elaborate robes, mm-hmm. the mask stays the same. But I feel like she's taking off more and more like big robes every time she comes out. So eventually, she's just going to be a giant robe. She might be. We <laughs> may see come that. out like that. <laughs> but they hand. I thought it was a good move. They handed out the masks to everybody that was on the entrance mm-hmm. ramp mm-hmm. and at ringside. So I had that really cool, like when Bray Wyatt did the kids with the sheep. Yeah. Kind of thing. It was cool. No, I loved it. I thought it was great, and especially because she's obviously, um, and through no fault of her own, she's not the best. At verbally communicating with the audience. She can no, do it. No, unfortunately, yeah. But, like, to add things like that to her, I think is a huge deal. And another thing, when she when she was sitting ringside or whatever, was it Bailey sitting ringside? I can't remember. When? It was, I don't know. It was during her whole feud with Bailey. I it, can't remember. Oh, it was Bailey. It was Bailey. Yeah, like she, she went, put she, Bailey's she chair She set up that right folding chair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. things like that that they can give her. Because, yeah, she's not going to be the best on the microphone. But you can give her character things in ways like that. So it was cool to see all those masks like on the ramp on the way down and at ringside. Yeah, even when she just after the match she just raised the title and she just smiled and then yeah. she make a hand. That was also because even with that chair the chair thing with Bailey, 
Oscar doesn't have to talk. Her, her, her tiny actions, they do all the talking for her. And that's what I love about Oscar. Yeah, when Mickey yeah. James was holding the rope for her. And yeah. instead of going through the top two ropes, she went Goes under the second rope. I thought it was great. Uh, she is, she's mystique. Like, mm-hmm. she has a mystique about her, an it factor, they would like to say. Yeah. That she she doesn't need – she's starting to catch up to a degree for me with a Nakamura type of person because I always describe Nakamura as a guy with the charisma and mannerisms of The Rock mm-hmm. who doesn't even need, need to speak. Right. So in my opinion, he's more charismatic even than Dwayne was because he literally doesn't have to do anything. He just comes out and he is himself, and he is that guy. He doesn't need to captivate you with words. He just comes out and does it. Asuka's catching up to him on that level where she can come out and literally people will react to her every little movement that she makes. Uh, absolutely. The only, the only thing that's a shame is she, she really does. There is no story for her at the moment. Like this, this is the first no. time the women's title didn't have a story on NXT. No, no, I think it had, what are you talking about? This, the story of the match? Like between the two of them, she the, the story was she's unbeatable. We have to find somebody to try to compete with her. Well, but it's not like there's been. Like a narrative for uh, this. Well, they, I think they kind of just fell into this story because the story's been she's been beating everybody hands down, and they had to. Fi- and the story is that they had to find a veteran that can actually give Oscar some kind of competition. Even when Mickey, even a few weeks before Mickey James came back, well, her pre-tape came came in. They actually were saying who's going to beat Oscar, and they've been putting that over ever since she's been champion. So when Mickey James came back, said, okay, we have the savvy veteran. We know she's going to lose, but we had the savvy veteran. Well. The veteran, not the yeah. savage veteran. That's Alicia Fox. <laughs> but um, the story, the match had the story because even Mickey James, she was playing mind games with her in the beginning, actually holding the rope open for. Her. I think the ma- the ending was abrupt, but that was the kind of match. Yeah, she, she blew her a little kiss at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the it was abrupt, but I think it was a good match. This is up because I didn't really care for the matches with Bailey because Bailey's just so endearing and. Bailey even said it's a little difficult to work with Oscar because she doesn't really speak clear, understand mm-hmm. clear English. So those matches fell a little flat for me. But I think this was Oscar's best match. Well, one of her best matches, my favorite Oscar matches was her with Emma at London last year. Yeah, I, th- uh. this was a good match, and I thought there was a story for the match. There just was not a a build. Like there was not a story ongoing from Takeover Brooklyn until this. It was just kind of they found somebody to put in there. Yeah, and, and that holding pattern. It really hurts this woman division. Like the story was there, but now, like I said on last week's show, you can't really believe. Even though Billy Kay and Payne Royce are the Mean Girls, mm-hmm. they're Regina George and Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> but you can't really believe that they're going to beat Oscar yet. And well, and that's the and that's the thing. It's tough just because in this current situation, this dynamic in NXT for the women's division, Oscar's not just a champion; she's a wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's just destroying people. Yeah. And it really and it really doesn't matter to Alo's point who goes after. You could send Peyton Royce and Billy Kay at the same time against her for the title, and I still wouldn't believe either of them's walking out with it. Yeah. Right. She's gonna be, she's gonna chew both of them up and spit them out real easy. Mickey yeah. James came in and she looked great. Yeah. By the way, she killed, and I mean, like in the ring, she did look good. But in the ring, she was killing it against Oscar. I thought the mind games were good. Mm-hmm. I thought there wasn't any missteps. It looks like she hasn't lost a step in yeah. the ring. She didn't. She did a nip up at one point. Mm-hmm. It was it was very impressive. I wouldn't mind having her around a little bit more, even though that probably won't happen. Yeah. yeah. I think the biggest issue is just the fact that. 
because there is nobody in NXT, are we going to continue to just bring in like one-time deal people from the Indies to just lose to Asuka? Because that's not going to help the case. She's just going to continue to get more and more powerful with every seemingly great veteran that they bring in for her to devour. Because they're not going to they're not going to let one of these people that comes in beat her unless they're planning on signing them. Well, my thing was this holding pattern is still there because I've complained a lot that. Since Brooklyn, we've only seen Ember Moon, I think, three times. And she's done, she yeah. hasn't spoken or nothing. And that's the only character that even looks to the level of Asuka. And oh, we, no, she spoke, remember? She had that really, like, that awkward interview with, ba- with Bailey on <laughs> WB.com. That awkward talk with Bailey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Bailey's like, like hey, okay. yeah, yeah, you did great. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, we have. Great. Maybe we'll work again together. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, probably not. I'm going to the main roster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, ever since then, ever, ever since that, that was on WWE.com, not on TV, it's like, we haven't even heard from her. I've been yelling, like, why haven't we seen Ember Moon on, WBT, on, on NXT TV except for three times? Like, that doesn't make really any sense to me because that's the only intriguing character that they have that even looks to the level of Asuka. And I, I wouldn't mind Mickey James sticking around and having her wrestle maybe Billy Kay and, and um, Peyton Royce and some of the undercards because that was the thing about NXT that I liked two, two or three years. Well, about two or three years ago, they would have WWE guys come in and actually work with them and they would bring in old, older veterans who weren't signed to actually work with these guys just, just, just to get these guys put over. Yeah. I, I do agree, though. Mickey, I actually had that in my notes. I was going to ask you guys what you thought of her performance last night because I thought she was, oh, she she was, was great. fantastic. Yeah, because she's still she was very good. And looking well, her good. Arms, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You all right, Halo? Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, it was Booker. I thought you yeah. sneezed. <laughs> yeah, he loves to throw that, classic, that Booker in there every Classic mistake, again. Booker T's voice with a sneeze. <laughs> Yeah, it's easy to get those two mixed up. I shouldn't say that. He's a very nice man. We <laughs> met him like the last two times we went to those icons festivals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing but, about uh, the he, women. He oh, did you have a point you wanted to make there? He didn't shoot on you, Derek? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> what, he, what he did do for the last, for both of the times we saw him was just compliment my friend Gary on how fit he is. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> that was that was well, yeah, because Gary's Gary's big into lifting and stuff like that. He's a big guy, mm-hmm. so every time, both times he's met Booker T, like even Steve Stevie Ray, the last time he was just like, "Oh, big guy." <laughs> like, man, you hit, you hit the gym all the time. He's just like, "Yeah, dude." They got a picture. That is hilarious. I didn't it was pretty cool. Um, where where so last point on the women's division? Where does Oscar go from here? Who's next? Uh, they. Oh, okay, Goldberg. Um, let's see. You mean who's last? <laughs> she lo- yeah, she looks like Goldberg at this point. Mm-hmm. Like not even with inflated numbers. If you In told me that she was a hundred, yeah. If she was a hundred and seventy-three and zero, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that that does. Um, but um, yeah, what is next for her? As far as what's next for her, probably just another veteran. I mean, honestly, probably just another person or if they want to jump into the Ember Moon program, but they got to get her on TV. Like Alo said, like you can't just throw Ember Moon in there and just be like, look, her entrance is cool, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, she has red eyes. <laughs> it's like, oh, she might be a demon. Maybe she could beat Oscar. Yeah. And then I'm just, and then I'm just like, that. yeah, but probably not. Yeah. Well, I think I think Billy Kay and Payne Royce would come after her next. That's what That's I think. Gonna, that's going to be tough to watch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be like, hey, yeah, remember when Dana and 
Emma did this, and you just put Dana on the shelf and destroyed Emma. Yeah, she's yeah she's gonna knock she's gonna beat the plastics, and I think Ember Moon comes comes for the save, and then that's what then that's when the crowd says yes yes yes, and that's and we'll get um, Ember Moon versus Oscar maybe WrestleMania weekend. Okay, well even though that's a long time, what, but what in we'll Dallas, see. huh, or wherever they decide to put it this time? Yeah. Or maybe NHC San Antonio, whatever, whatever we're going to call it. But I think what Billy Kane pay or worse would be they'll have something with Oscar, and then Ember Moon will come to make the save. Well, they already did kind of establish her as she's opposing those two, so it does make some sense. And it, really, she is the only person that makes sense to ever have any type of meaningful program with Oscar. I think, as far as what's that's, there right now. And that's why it really sucks, man. It really does, just because for the longest time, like, Ron, I know that you're a fellow big-time fan of women's wrestling, big supporter of women's wrestling. Alo, I know you are too, but I know Ron's just, like, super all over it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I hate the fact that I can't get excited about the women's division in NXT. Yeah, I try. I really hate the fact that there's just nothing right now for me to really latch on to other than just really liking Asuka. Yeah, That's especially basically when you remember how point. great it was two years ago. Not even, dude. Like, before, like, we're talking, like, maybe not even a year ago it was still good because you still had some people down there that could do stuff. Like, before the draft, mm-hmm. you still had people, like, the facts that, and Alexa Bliss is killing it oh, on the roster. Like she's, doing, like, she's killing it right now with that program with Becky, so nothing against her. But I'm just saying, if she's competing at that level and doing that well in front of the bright lights, mm-hmm. think how good of a champion she would have been. Yeah, she would have been great. And she deserved she it. Been, she would have been an awesome champion in NXT. Nia Jax, whatever you want to think about her, she's not like most girls. But <laughs> she would have been a decent, dominant, big heel champion in NXT. They could have gotten mileage out of those people that they called up, Carmella was starting to look a lot better, even mm-hmm. though she's also doing well for herself on SmackDown. There's a lot of talent that they took real quick, and then they didn't factor in the fact that they had no other talent there outside of their champion once right. Bailey lost. Yeah, that, like that, so that division was left like a skeleton crew. Yeah, they left it in shambles, and now they're just like rushing really quickly to make sure that they can get some good challengers. So they're just signing people from the outside at this point. Yeah. And um, there was actually a point when you, when you weren't watching that we heard Liv Morgan actually talk and it was actually pretty good. She kind of didn't live Morgan. Didn't live Morgan straight up challenge Oscar to a yeah, match. Yeah. That promo when she challenged Oscar, that was actually good. I was like, why hasn't she ever talked? Mm-hmm. That was actually a really good promo. So really? Yeah. So I'm like, what, what have y'all been doing? Like I, 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 I was, I was talking about the state of the women's division even last year after when all the when I'm the three of the horsewomen came up. I'm like, you shouldn't have brought them all up because somebody asked how we would have booked it. I was like, you shouldn't have brought them all up. You could have at least left one in NXT to actually be with Bailey and then bring them up. And, no, I thought Sasha should have stayed in NXT. Well, especially if you, well, especially if you go back like from the NXT side of it. Obviously, yeah, that would have been awesome to keep at least one of them with Bailey down there with Oscar. But I mean, even when you look at it from the main roster side. The way that they were brought up, like people are going to forget about it because they've gotten some success in their main eventing pay-per-views now and they're doing everything that they said they were going to do. When Steph called him up, which, by the way, was a really dumb way to do it, <laughs> and, and, they put, and they put him in those lame-ass three teams. Oh, you didn't team. love Team Bad? No, I didn't. I, I, I got to tell you, I wasn't into that. New Day was all about it, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it either. Because the way but, I... 
and then and then Team PCB, formerly oh. known as the Submission <laughs> Sorority. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't that a porno? Dude, That's what they changed it. Dude, I, uh, maybe I don't dude, know. I I would have. I really wanted them to keep that name. Like that was an <laughs> awesome, that was an awesome name, and then it became some weird anagram, and I was just yeah. like, well, this is stupid now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because um. I think I think if I had ROH that would have been submission surrounded. Because <laughs> I think the way I booked, because somebody asked this question on the show, I think the way I, the way I said I would book it was Charlotte and Becky could have came up, and then when Nikki's about to break the record, bring Sasha up because she would have dropped the title Bailey Bailey before then. That's how that's how I would have brought her up, so you would have had a little bit more leg room in NXT to actually develop these develop the women. But they've been on this Oscar. They were, well, they were on this Bailey Oscar train, and then, like you said, they called up Alexa Bliss and Carmella, and Alexa Bliss would have been awesome and, as an NXT Women's Champion, and she's the best one on SmackDown now, and Carmella's the second best on SmackDown since this brand split. Well, here's here's my question, because, Ron, I heard you bring it up. I think it was like a week or two ago. You mm-hmm. guys were talking about it with Eric on here. What uh, And Donovan, or Don Arte, as he's yeah. going, <laughs> he, uh, he commented on it. You had brought up the fact that a big reason why NXT is having an issue right now is because they've become overly reliant on bringing people in yes, and not actually building anybody on the show to which Don said, well, nobody's really built through the show. Everybody's been brought in and then gradually over time, they've either become something or they're just nothing. Mm -hmm. I think the big issue is there's a middle ground in between those two things because yeah, they've all come from different places, but there's certain ones that have been there forever Mm-hmm. And they're not getting any shine consistently. People that come to mind immediately, Tyler Breeze mm-hmm. never got any shine when he was in NXT. He was constantly in big matches, but never got anything out of it. You have a guy that goes down there like Tyson Kidd before his injury was in big matches, but never really got a big, big shine out of it. Yeah. Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, a lot of the women's division of now people coming up. Sanity has already cooled off to a degree. There just isn't anything that is being pushed unless it's one of the big, big name indie guys or gals that come in and they can put them in the main event thing. Like Samoa Joe is not an NXT product. Samoa Joe is a TNA product and an ROH product that Mm -hmm. is now transplanted there. Shinsuke Nakamura is not an NXT product. He's a New Japan product. So they're basically just, if anything, they're basically just unloading these guys into the company and hoping that it acts as a stimulus the entire show to sell tickets on the road. And yeah, I think to me, was, they lost their they, identity. They lost, yeah, and their identity was supposed to be a developmental program that sold tickets on the road because people really dug the fact that they could lure in free agents. Mm-hmm. And now it's about luring in free agents. Now it doesn't feel like there's much development at all outside of the people that are already established. Yeah, I, I do think that is the problem. Uh, I mentioned that Alexa Bliss would have been a deserving women's champion. So I agree. From there, uh, two guys who I think are very deserving tag team champions now. Yes. yes. Got, sometimes uh, <laughs> in life you got to do it yourself, right? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you do. And, uh, you know why? Why? You know why? Because no one's going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Gargano and Champa. I feel like these guys have been... They've been. I hate that shirt, by the way. <laughs> Do you really? I hate that shirt. I, I, like I hate the name, but I, I love Gargano and Champa. Yeah, I, I like the look of it. I like that kind of older, almost yeah, like I, a roots I, of fight. Yeah, I understand. Look, I like. So. I love those shirts too, but I just don't like it. Like even the name, I, I can't even say DIY. I always say DUI. 
<laughs> it's hard for me to even say it. That sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Eric. I'm not my best friend. <laughs> well, that is true. Your hair is not as nice. Yes. No. Well, whose is? Yeah. That's um, true. Eric's got the best hair. Yeah, he he does. does. We, um, I've talked about this before. Like, I thought that they were going to win, or I wanted them to win anyway at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn because I felt like those are two guys who came from the outside who made kind of paved the way for themselves in NXT. They had, you know, a lot of one a lot of people's uh, match of the year shortlist, their match in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yep. I feel like these guys have put in so much effort and provided so much entertainment that they they just deserved it. I think the Revival has been really good tag team champions. They they get under your skin. They keep they seem to keep retaining the title against all odds against teams you think should be the tag team uh-huh. champion. But I thought that these two guys deserved it. I was on the fence. Like, I thought it was a coin flip whether they got it or not. And I couldn't be happier that they did finally get it. Um, I picked, yeah, I picked them to win on the outset just because, and aside from the Nakamura loss that shocked everybody, I pretty much picked perfect across the board on it because mm-hmm. it was a pretty predictable show. But as far as the tag titles went, I just had the feeling that whenever they do these. They did it with Zayn going into that amazing match with Neville for the NXT title. Whenever a superstar that doesn't have a belt that's challenging for, like, the third time says, okay, if I don't win this, like, what are we even doing here? Why should I even be here? That's basically they're going to win the belts because what are you going to do outside of that unless they were going to break up and go into singles competition, which I didn't see happening yet. Right. They they absolutely deserve it. I love Gargano and Ciampa. They're such a great team. They're great single stars. They have three matches at this point that are on my now long list for match of the year. (laughs) Because because say what you want about 2016. It's been a shitty year for a lot of things, but not for wrestling. Wrestling Wrestling has been fantastic in 2016. I agree. Halo, your thoughts on this? Yep. This is on the match of the year board. It may even crack the top five or whatever we break the number down to because this match was awesome. I, I know I, I I give credit where credit's due, uh-huh. but I'm not going to get into all that now. I'll get into <laughs> that at a later time. But the revival they did a, they did a great match. Their last six takeovers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you hating on the revival? No, I give credit where credit's due. But la- Derek, I'll get it's to always, the- credit is always due to the top guys. <laughs> Derek, listen to the listen. In a month. I'll give credit where credit's due. In a but month? In a month, yes. Because okay. I'm going to be... The way Ron's looking at me now, everybody's going to look at me in the room. Yeah. So, Scott Dawson, the horrible Bret Hart impersonation. Did you see it? Did you catch <laughs> down the apron? Uh, no. After the first fall, he did the, <laughs> he did the Bret Hart handstand. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> That's great. But I love the psychology of this match. The spot where they went... What do they call it? The crown? Gargano and Ciampa when they do the knee and the, and the super kick at the same time. What do they uh, call that, Derek? What do they I that's prelude to the end. Prelude mm-hmm. to the end. When they, went to, they did prelude to the end, and then when the, when the Revival tried to do it, then they did the shatter, then, then, then um, DIY did the shatter machine. I thought that spot was awesome. Yeah. All the false finishes were great. E- even um, the part where Dawson got him in the reverse figure, well, the inverted figure four, it was yeah. Shades of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Gargano actually reached for the ropes this time, unlike, yeah. unlike in Brooklyn. <laughs> the spots were executed. Yeah. They did a fantastic job of building off of their prior matches. They integrated stuff from their other matches. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the Brooklyn one with the same knee bar, the reverse figure four type submission that they had on there. I thought that for my money, Corey Graves said after DIY one, I'm just going to call him Champa, Champa and Gargano. Cause I just like that a lot better. Yeah. 
after Champa and Gargano won, Graves said they were the better tag team on this night. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's the stereotypical thing to say because, yeah, of course they were. They won. I don't think they were. I think the Revival were way better than them, and that's not a knock on them. The Revival are just, in my opinion, a top three tag team in the world. The way that they work together mm-hmm. is incredible. They're seamless. They're dirty heels. They mm-hmm. work the old school style. They have the old Tully and Arn kind of deal going with them. I just love everything that they do, like little things, like they slide the belt in, and they always are careful to make sure that it's believable. The ref never sees them do anything dirty. Mm-hmm. They're always doing underhanded stuff where I, even live, like I can't point to like, oh, the ref definitely saw that. They're very careful in the way that they do it, and it comes across as believable just taking people apart. Like when they slid the belt into the ring and Gargano went for the kick on the ground and he kicks awesome. the belt mm-hmm. and he hurt his sh- and he hurt his shin and then he slides it out of the ring and the ref turns around. I was just like, these guys are some sly bastards. <laughs> how about the how about the part where um I think Gargano went up the top rope and then he tried to go for the tag and then Wilder he blocked him from tagging in Champa and then he went under the ring and pulled Champa from the ring apron. Yes, I thought that Dude, was. Dude, how great. about when how about when Gargano went for the spear through the middle rope into a shadow machine? Shot. That was yeah, great. That was awesome. That was amazing. That was a great. That was a great fall. Um, I they're just this such, was an they're awesome just match. both such good tag teams, man. Oh, absolutely. They're Another both so thing, good. Like maybe this might have been like my low key like favorite moment of the night is. When Wilder hit the chop block on on Gargano, that was the on his hardest good leg. chop block I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it was one of the first. One and I'm obviously I'm significantly older than you guys, so you, neither of you were watching this as it Wait, happened. What? Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> I thought we were on the same page here. Yeah, <laughs> not twenty three. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind being twenty three again, but <laughs> I still uh, look twenty three. <laughs> thank you. Uh, this was like 84 or 85. This was I was very new to watching wrestling. I was five or six years old. And I was a big fan of the British Bulldogs, because mostly because I loved the, the English Bulldog as a dog. Um, so I was attracted to that tag team because of the actual dog down there. But there was a match where, and I don't even remember which one it was. It was either Davy Boy or Dynamite Kid was injured during the match. So it was basically against the Hart Foundation, a two-on-one match. And uh, Davy Boy didn't tag Matilda in. <clears throat> no, he didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> I would have yeah, liked to have seen that. That would have been great. Yeah, but it was like it was a, a two-on-one match. Ultimately, the Hart Foundation wins the match, and I remember being devastated as a kid. Like, God, they would have won if if they had both of them there. Something yeah. about that moment when he chop blocked them, and it was like, okay, now both legs are shot. It like I actually got that feeling. Like it reminded me immediately of watching that in nineteen eighty-four. You felt hopeless, like you wanted to hop in the ring and help them win the match. Exactly, and that's like that's the magic of wrestling. And it might not have been like a big moment that stood out to a lot of people, but just my frame of reference, it was like that feeling I felt back then, like that immediately gave me, like as a 37-year-old, which doesn't happen no, I mean, often. I'm totally with you on that, man. I mean, that's what wrestling is. I mean, when I sat down and did that unsanctioned thing with you and all the people who have come on subsequently, which, mm-hmm. by the way, all of them are very good. All of the episodes that have come after, I'm glad that I laid the pipeline for such a great thing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying the episodes that you've been coming out with. I'm glad. I'm but, glad uh, to hear that. But that's what it is, man. It's It's art. It's mm-hmm. something that you make it what you want to make it, and a lot of people choose to make it just – oh, I don't want to watch it at all because it's fake or it's scripted or whatever they want to call it. 
But if you invest your time into it, if you actually show somebody some wrestling and you give them a frame of reference to actually compare it to actual art, like art pieces, theater, that's what it is. It's the last live action variety show on television and it does it better than anything. Yeah. It can pull, it can pull you in. Like I dare people. I tell them all the time. It's just like, okay, you don't like professional wrestling. It looks like kind of a joke to you. Watch some wrestling for about a month. And I guarantee that you will have at least two characters that you like a lot. Exactly. I totally agree with that. There's no way that you can walk away from professional wrestling and say, I hated every single character I saw on there. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless you're just being a total dick about it. Yeah, like There's you just no, want to hate it. Unless you're just Unless you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, it was dumb, so I, it's dumb. I don't like it. Yeah, that's just you being close-minded like, about it. It's like, all right, cool, dude. I tried to open your minds to something really fun, and you suck, so. Yeah, you don't like fun. <laughs> it can't help it if somebody doesn't like fun. Uh, what did you guys both think of the revival both tapping? I loved it because they were both holding each other's hands saying, not tap, don't tap. And then they both did it together. Like, okay, we're going to tap. I Dude, they, have, they have such a great dynamic mm-hmm. between the two of them because they're like the tough guys, but you know that underneath they're chicken shit. Yeah, and that was and that was like the ultimate like awesome moment at the end for them to lose the belts because they're like like he said it's like they had the Jack and Rose moment from Titanic <laughs> like they just hold, they're just holding hands like they're just holding hands real tough like <laughs> oh I like that comparison <laughs> and it's just like no dash don't let go it's like, I'll ne- it's like I'll never let go and then they just both tap at the same time quick question what what happened to Dawson's torn ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus. Miraculous recovery. He got over it because he's a real man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, how long? That's what do, a real man does. Yeah. How long Injuries do Gargano and Champa hold these belts? I'm, I'm, uh, not not long. Yeah, I think. I think the offensive pain will probably be the next one to take them because the reason I I didn't pick them to win is because I know originally I haven't seen a press release, but I know originally they're supposed to be in the cruiserweight division, so I thought they were going to be in the cruiserweight division, but that doesn't look. To see look to be, to be happening at least right now. Yeah. Um, the problem with them losing the belts quickly, which unfortunately I think is going to be the way that they go with it, unless they can beat Authors of Pain and they have like a three match set to like drag it out or something, yeah. which would be smart because if anybody's going to beat them, might as well be the most lovable babyface champions you have. Yeah, and it's, they're if, established. If authors... Sorry, what were you saying? No, oh, they're established. Like they've overcome a lot just to get these titles. So it's not. It's not far-fetched to think these are the guys that could beat them. And you don't want to slow that momentum immediately. Yeah. Like, it's, it, they're riding such a high right now. For the authors to come in and just crush them and become the champions, they're already not very over with the crowd. Like, people don't really give a shit that much when the authors of pain come out. <laughs> so for that, I don't, I don't think that's any secret. I don't think I'm opening a Pandora's box here of ideas that they don't really care about the authors of pain. Right, two things. Um <laughs> Did you guys, well, the Revival, they sent out a tweet. And um, it was, I think one of them, it was like a, a tweet, um, they tweeted a picture with a caption. It, it, I think he was laid out on the floor and it said, when James Ellsworth and the Headbangers make the SmackDown Live before you. <laughs> so maybe they're coming to SmackDown, possibly. Because SmackDown, hey, dude, I, I'm, you, I'm not going to say. You could revitalize that rivalry with Alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Oh, that would be great. Who, America who? <laughs> they, they don't have time for them on television. Don't. Oh, I'm so angry about that. And then, um, I think I'm, I might be wrong, but didn't on your last in the sanction? Did y'all didn't y'all talk about how 
Paul doesn't like, or Paul Lath doesn't like the you deserve it chance. Yes. Well, I think it was Paul. Who doesn't like it? Paul Carboni. <laughs> friend of the show, Paul Carboni. He's been on a couple unsanctioned with uh, friend of the show. He doesn't like you deserve a chance? No, and I, I wish I could remember. Uh, well, he's, he's no friend why. of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Do you th- remember what he said? Why no, he said he didn't like it? No, I don't, I don't recall correctly because I because between hearing his, his, which was real brief, and then hearing Vince Russo's, it's like, okay, I don't want to get it all mixed up. But I think it was fitting here. I don't. I never mind that you deserve a chance, especially if it's your first time, because as wrestling fans, we're way smarter than we were 20 years ago, and we actually kind of go on a journey with these with these wrestlers because we know where they come from, we follow them, where they come from, and then when they come to WWE or NXT, it's like, okay, we, we, see, we watch them grow up. Yeah. And... We, we and we always say we always want the best people to be the champion. NXT never shies away from having the best right. person as the ch- best superstar as the champion. Because even Derek mentioned on the last show that NXT, the NXT title, the NXT title, and NXT Women's title are the most prestigious belts in wrestling yeah. because they never shy away from putting putting them on the best. And I don't mind that you deserve a chance because Gargano and Ciampa, we always said they deserve it because they were great. I like joining Gargano and Ciampa when he came to Dusty Classic last year. Yeah. And, and then we live, also live in a world where WWE isn't um, a, a worker's promotion. So, for example, like when Kevin Owens won the Universal title and they got the, he got the You Deserve a Chance, it fit because, one, we know it's not a worker's, worker's company, and then he doesn't have the look, the Vince look. So and he's, we know he's arguably the best in the company. Yeah. So it and was, you knew the you knew the mountains and the obstacles yeah. that he actually had to overcome backstage. Yeah, not just in the, not just in the ring to get to where he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, uh, now I think what what Paul's thought was on the "You Deserve It" chant is he doesn't like when it's used for just for the crowd to say it. Okay, like a lot of times a chant is used for the crowd's benefit. Yeah. Oh, um, I have one. I have and one. And I, I think that like. was the uh, I think that was his point with yeah, you deserve. I think that was it too. That it's it's like they they just say it because it's like just the thing you're. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he was he was talking about full sale. Mm-hmm. I remember that now. Yeah. Well, because that's that's like the fun thing about being a wrestling fan too is everybody likes the products differently, and then basically you don't shit on the products nearly as much as you shit on your fellow fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is very <laughs> true. Like that's. That's the main argument of any wrestling fan that I've ever met is especially people who are really into it. We always look at and we try not to because you don't want to look down your nose at somebody mm-hmm. because we're all in this together enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. But it's really tough sometimes where it's just like, oh, God, that opinion's ridiculous. Yeah. Like how 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 is that something that you actually think? Mm-hmm. But you kind of keep it to yourself. Like I, don't, I hate the idea. I, I don't mind the you deserve it chance. I think fans should be able to chant most stuff within reason. Don't say but this the thing awesome, that it, mm-hmm. I hate that. But the th- yeah, this is awesome is dumb just because very seldom is it actually awesome. Yeah, the thing, yeah it's, the it's like that a cue, like about. oh, we're supposed to say this now. We're supposed to do this chant now. Like I understood, like the show started with a "This is awesome" chant, and I slightly understand it. I didn't know that Bobby Roode and Dillinger were that over in Canada, even mm-hmm. though they're from Canada. But Canada just gave them like a five minute you five minute. This is awesome while they just did lockups yeah. in the middle of that okay match. <laughs> it was it, it was really weird to hear that. I kind of got it, but still it was just weird to hear the show start like that, even though the crowd was hot. The thing that bothered me, I hated that they kept doing 10 when there was count, when there was count outs so did I. outside. Well, because to me, thinking about it from a talent point of view, it's like, dude, shut up, asshole. <laughs> like, how am I going to know when I'm able to get back into the ring if all I hear is you saying 10 over and over and over again? 
That's what I was thinking. Like, I forget who was on the outside at one point. It may have been Mickey James. Then I'm like, how does she even know what the count is at this point? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I, I didn't. I was like, wait, it, it, how far in are we? Like, if I wasn't yeah, counting do, myself, I wouldn't know. Because that's like an indie wrestling thing. They'll do that at ROH shows where it's not 10. They only did 10 because Dillinger was out there. Mm-hmm. But usually the chant is they just go the number after where you are. So yeah. one count is two, three is four. So basically just like rushes the people back into the ring. It's just like, asshole, just let them perform. Yeah, I what are you that. doing? Why are you getting involved? Like, this isn't your place. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I, I've cut many a promo on the show on fans for disrupting the show. <laughs> uh, like you said, most things you can chant. Uh, my problem is always, one, when you're doing it because it's like, oh, it's like a, uh, it's a thing where you think, okay, this is the time where we, we insert this chant. Or when you're doing it like at SummerSlam with the Universal title, huh. where it's just like we're and just you, trying to hijack try the to, show. And you purposely try to ruin and hijack the show for your own amusement. Yeah, like, okay, so you, you mentioned earlier, am I not 23? Had I been 23, I definitely would have knocked somebody out at SummerSlam. Were you clearly 23? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember you, I, rem- I remember you told me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I did. You, because you were hot. I was very fired up. You didn't, you didn't have to sit next to him. He was so <laughs> mad. The whole night. Yeah, I was. I was very angry. Uh, and I was very angry on the show that, that Wednesday. Well, um, I know on top on top of that, watching Sasha get ragdolled around the ring by Charlotte didn't help. You, no, it didn't. I would, like I, I told Alo, I was a wet blanket for a while after that. And then I just turned into, like, I was just very angry, <laughs> angry at everybody in that crowd. Like, cause it was that, but that really did bother me. Like, Especially because the segment of fans who were chanting that stuff are the type of people who will hate Roman Reigns or somebody or John Cena because they're not Seth Rollins or Finn Balor. And then you get Seth Rollins and Finn Balor in a match together and you spend the whole time complaining about a belt. Like that's the t- or you, you complain about women's wrestling. And then when the women are all in the ring after WrestleMania, you're doing all the Bailey chants who's not there. It's like so you claim you want all these things then you disrespect it when you get it. That's it's what a, makes yeah. me want to knock somebody out. Well, and that's what's tough about it because for the most part, like it's funny because people always make fun of, oh, wrestling is marketed towards kids and, mm-hmm. oh, you must be a kid to watch that. It's like the kids are some of the most well-behaved people at a wrestling <laughs> event. Uh-huh. The, the, the adults are the shitheads. The adults yeah. are the ones that are just standing there just like whining about some shit that they can't have. It's like how much? Sit your ass down. You paid money to sit in that seat and watch the show. Stop being a petulant man-child about it. <laughs> and watch the show. Yeah, like what you're saying about the Bailey thing is just like, oh, wait. No, it would be really funny if we chanted for the only person that isn't here right now. Yeah. Yeah, that one pisses like, off more than most. It's like, dude, how how worthless is your time that that's what you think to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick, we mentioned you guys both think that it's likely the Lords of – Lord. oh, we keep wanting to say the Lords of Pain. The Authors of Pain. <laughs> We'll the Lords the next, of Dogtown. Yeah, we'll be the, the next tag team champions. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, that's pretty much absolutely going to happen. Well, what did you guys... Uh, Ayla, what did you think of this match? A the, flat the Authors end- of Pain and TM61. Flat. A flat ending to a flat tournament and a flat climax because... Climax because they only got one Rhodes. I, I just felt so bad. Like, this is this Roos Tag Team Classic. Last year, you had the whole family. And you have d- just gold dust there. Mm-hmm. So it was a flat ending to a very flat tournament. The match was, like, really abrupt. It didn't feel important at all. I mentioned on the show last week, like, why are you having a tag team title match with more stakes as two, or, two out of three falls than your, ta- than your main thing you're promoting, that, just your tag team classic? 
Yeah. It just it just hasn't been a good idea since they had it, though, to be honest with you, in my opinion, just because the way that they went about it last year bothered me, too. I agree with Alo saying it's like, oh, meant a lot more because Cody was still with the company and you could still have everybody. Brandy was there and they had the family out there. It was so close after Dusty had died. So they talked about it. and It was emotional and gold dust and everything. The thing that bothered me about the first year that they did it was it was a tag team tournament that was won by two individual superstars that were just <laughs> a make were just a makeshift team just because they felt like doing it. Right. And I get and I get that it fed into eventually the tag like the feud between Balor and Joe for the title and everything because they were the winners of the tournament but they had that weird animosity towards each mm-hmm. other. But I figured that they could have did that without having them win the whole damn tournament. Yeah, like them not winning the tournament could have been the catalyst yeah. for that story. <laughs> like, like why did a why did a non tag team win the first tag team tournament, and now we have a tag team, an actual tag team, winning it this time, but nobody gives a shit about them. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been a flop both years, outside of having Cody and the family there to give a speech at the end, in well, my opinion. Well, I like last year's because even though you said that there was a, a weird animosity between the two, and that if if. Joe, if they didn't win, then that could have caused even more animosity. But the thing was still about the NXT title because Joe kept saying, after this is done, can I get a shot at your title? So there was actually a built-in story built-in story to that, and it led to that battle royal with Joe lost. So, well, I don't think he actually lost, but he didn't mm-hmm. win the, the, the battle royal, so that's why he didn't get his title shot. Yeah. And he should just, Finch just gave him a title shot. So that that story carried over, and I thought it, it, it worked well together. But even right. on the show Ron mentioned last week, are TM6 one of the baby faces you want to even win this tournament? No. Yeah, yeah it's like it's not believable. Like they got well, silence mm-hmm. when they came out. And that's what sucks, just because I really do like I like them as a team. I think Thorne and Miller are really active guys. They strike hard, they move around, they can do their flip offense. It's they don't just, kneel. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't kneel. In fact, they lay on their back. Um <laughs> They have a st- they have a staunch rule against kneeling, but laying down for three seconds at a time is not frowned upon. Right. <laughs> but there's nobody. That's the other thing. There's nobody. Like even if the authors do end up knocking knocking off Champa and Gargano and winning, you're in the same situation you're in with Oscar. There's nobody that can beat the authors of pain. Right. Who's yeah. believable? No, nobody. That's the only people who you could get away with it uh, is Gargano and Champa because, like I said, they've. They've built up enough uh, equity with the fan base that it's not going to be – you're not going to look at it like, oh, they couldn't beat them. You're going to look at it like you want them to beat them, and you'll be happy if they do. But there's nobody else that really even belongs in the ring with those two guys. No. Um, I mean, the let's get this straight. The authors don't belong in the ring with Ciampa and Gargano either from, <laughs> right. an, from an in-ring standpoint. Yeah. But because they're big dudes and this is WWE, they're going to be there. Yeah, they're big. They're high-impact I got, yeah, I got another thing to say. Like we even talked about on the show last, like, the last two weeks, that they're actually really good. They're, they might be a little green, but they actually they're really like good. And they even get to showcase that in the in the finals of in the finals of the match of the tournament. They don't even get to d- to display or have a match to, even to the level of the ones they had at the live event. Yeah, that yeah. match I really and liked, I don't actually. and I don't hate the authors of pain. I tried to really give them a chance for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that. They're going to go into the same box that they're in with the Oscar situation if they end up beating Chumper and Gargano, which obviously nobody wants because that'll dilute the product <laughs> even further. Yeah. 
And it's really just, it doesn't matter how I view them. It's how the crowds view them when it's live and they're getting nothing. They're yeah. getting crickets. Yeah. Because I want it like, I was in the same boat with you with all of the pain. I was like, okay, these, they're going to push these guys. Let me at least try. And they did nothing for me. But those last two weeks at those um, live shows that they showed on NXT TV, I was like, okay, these guys are actually really good. Because even the Rich Swan and um, No Way Jose match, that was good. And the next jump on Gungano match was great. Um, yeah. So last match of the night, that we, we discussed it a little bit, at least the two, the two participants. My my biggest take my biggest thing that I was curious about for this match was who was going to get the louder crowd reaction. Um because obviously Ty Dillinger is as over as it gets in NXT. Obviously Bobby Roode, a lot of love for him in Canada. And he has that incredible entrance, as we've mentioned. Uh I don't know. Did I, I felt like Ty Dillinger may have outpopped Bobby Roode. Does anybody agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I agree. I would, I, Go ahead. I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree. He won the the entrance off. <laughs> he won the entrance off. Okay. Yeah. Um, which which here was the thing though, because the pop for Bobby Roode, there's a pop and then it settles in for when the song starts and then they sing. Yeah. Which I don't know if I qualify that as a huge pop. They're just mm-hmm. really into his song. They were legitimately popping for Dillinger when he came out, when he was in the ring, when he was doing his whole shtick where he's throwing his arms up mm-hmm. and he's doing the ten thing. The 10 chant is one of the biggest things in WWE right now. Right. The fact that this guy is still losing big profile matches is unacceptable to me. Um, he's a guy who's been there for a long time. Uh, he's a guy who I feel like they're never going to run with him in any way, shape, or form. Um, Which is ridiculous to it me. It is, because he he can work. Like He's good in the ring. Is he? He's not Sami Zayn, but he, he can work. He can put on a good match. He's got a character that gets people excited, that makes people enjoy watching him. Um, and I also, uh, last thing, okay. like I was just genuinely happy for him. Like a guy like that, who you got it. he's what, probably 33, 34 at he's least. Um, he doesn't look it though, dude. No, he looks he like doesn't. He's, like his mid to late 20s. Yeah. Like but he's, he, he's, he's in good shape. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably felt at some time like, like I'm never going to get where I want to get in this business. Right. And he got to go out there last night in front of a big crowd at a big event opening the show in his and, home country. And he was embraced with so much love by that crowd that, you know, he lost the match seeing him mouth I'm sorry to the crowd, the ovation he got when he walked out. Like that that's probably one of the best nights of that guy's life. Am I, I believe it. Am I the only it's one just that, yeah. am I Okay, the only, sorry. Am I the only one that does the Dillinger entrance at home when he's <laughs> Oh, dude, I absolutely do it. When he's in the ring and he's throwing yeah, his arms up. I'm good at too. I love it. It's just, it's just so captivating. It's so enjoyable. He's a believable character. As something that could very easily be looked at as a conceited douchebag character, he's lovable. Like, you actually care about the guy. And it's just, it sucks because they should run with him because when you get lightning in a bottle like how many times have we heard on wwe programming people talking about superstars it's like oh they were like lightning in the bottle and we just rode that to a bunch of money and it was really successful and we just we knew we had to put the belt on them like first off first off bullshit you didn't Mm -hmm. know that you had half of those people Mm -hmm. until they actually ended up being that person steve austin being the biggest example ever about it why are you now after saying all of that like is it complete bullshit 
that they're saying that like they don't actually believe it and it's apt and it's after the facts like oh yeah pat ourselves on the back we totally knew that That's this guy was going to be great it's definitely because because if you actually believe what you're saying there's no reason to not run with ty dillinger because he's easily the most over person on your products outside of your champion or ex-champion yeah uh i could not agree with that more uh, i thought this match was fine but it, it was fun I, like the crowd was so into this match I guess both guys Canadian. Um, Ty Dillinger, a guy that everybody can get behind. I thought it was I also a lot think of fun. that's yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I also think that's why people like. I just got a text from my friend Ryan saying mm-hmm. that he's really digging the Dillinger rude match. I don't know why you gave it a C to me. And I told and I'm gonna text him back. I'll tell him. I think that the reaction from the crowd and the big pops for the entrances from the entrances will conceal what was a largely mm. average match. Yeah. yeah. It really it really wasn't all that great. I think people are gonna get caught up in the oh my God, look how into it everybody is. It's like, yeah, they're both from Canada. They both have great entrances, very charismatic. But I mean at the end of the day, Bobby Roode has a better finisher now, so it looked a little bit more believable. Mm-hmm. Those those new LED uh, posts in the corner, by the way, are brutal as fuck. <laughs> they are. People are hit. People are hitting those things full speed, and you hear the crunch of like mm-hmm. the plastic on it. Like it obviously probably doesn't hurt as much as the steel, but you mm-hmm. hear it now. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it just it's has, a good effect. It's a more like visceral sounds to it mm-hmm. when they hit it. So I believe that Dillinger was out on his feet when he got planted. Yeah. DDT. But I just think that people are going to remember it by the reactions in the beginning of the match and not anything else. And by that margin, yeah, you would say that it was an above-average match. But to me, it was just basically it was an okay opener. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think nothing really happened until like the last five to mm-hmm. six minutes because they said it was just they they took over the match before he went right after the bell rung and nothing really happened like. Um, Rude on his leg, Rude begging for help, beg, begging him to stop mm-hmm. him and saying ten. Yeah. That, that was that was great, <laughs> but nothing. Yeah. But it it didn't pick up till maybe five minutes left in the match. Oh, I gotta ask Ron, better sharpshooter, Ty Dillinger or the Rock? Ty Dillinger, without a doubt. <laughs> oh, oh Dillinger, decent. without a doubt. That pop, that pop was awesome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, it was. and then <laughs> this is kind of people love Ty Dillinger, but. This is the most intense we've ever seen him because this is actually his first, like, legit real feud. Because even his stuff with Almas, that wasn't even, that was a feud, but this is his actually first, like, real main thing. No, wait, and, he, and he's been you very mean, good. You mean, you mean Andrade Cien Almas? Yeah. <laughs> the, the other guy on the list of people that have outclassed Bobby Roode in the ring so far in yes. NXT? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one, one last point I want to make about Ty Dillinger. And so we all remember when Ty Dillinger was, like, the blue chipper in the tag team with uh, Jason Jordan. Yeah. I'm assuming I'm not the only one who remembers this. And he was, he was like nobody. He was just a generic. Weren't they like a weird, weren't they like a weird sports team? Yeah. For a little while. Like they were based on, based in sports. And then they were just generic, like enemies for a little while. That's exactly what they were. So during that time, uh, NXT came to Philadelphia for the first time. And, Ty Dillinger was not actually really on the show, uh, the live event anyway. And he started coming out, you know, after matches or whatever, holding up the cards with the numbers on them. Like, oh, he gave this match a three or he gave this match a six, whatever the case may be. And it actually, I had no idea what he was doing. I don't know how many people in that crowd knew what it was. But that, to me, that was the start of the Perfect Ten character. And 
Kevin Owens actually tweeted that night after the show saying, watching Ty Dillinger win over a crowd was one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my wrestling career. And which is yeah. true. Like, the crowd didn't know what it was at first. And then every time he came out, like, it built, it built, it built. By the end of the show, everybody loved what he was doing. So in this, well, that's like, the other he wasn't thing. really yeah. doing anything, but it, it got over in the course of two hours. Right. And that's the other thing with Dillinger. Like, from Owens to a bunch of people just behind the scenes, you can't find anybody saying a bad word about this guy. Mm -hmm. Everybody seems to be a big fan of the man, Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Well, didn't he help uh, get Seth Rollins ready for his return? Mm -hmm. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that tells you how much these guys trust him. Like, in the ring, that Seth yeah. Rollins, who's coming off this devastating knee injury, will... Bring him into the ring. Did you have something you want to say? No. Oh, okay. You think um, you think when they were done training, you think Rollins just shook his hand and then pedigreed him? <laughs> I I can only hope that that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> just so Dillinger could go, Dillinger could not go over one more time. Exactly. It, it, that that's the fate of Ty Dillinger. So even guess, in training. Yeah, I guess real quick before we get out of here, do you want to reveal your grades? I'll I'll, I'll name a match. You give me your grade for it, Derek. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with the Bobby Roode Ty Dillinger match. I, you already said you gave it a C, correct? Well, I've said so much about it already. It's it's a C. It was an average match. Anything further than that, I think, is just playing off of how the crowd reacted to it. Yeah. Uh, Authors of Pain versus TM six one. I'm tempted to give that lower than a C, but I'll be generous and give okay. it a C. That's fair. Uh, the tag team championship match, best of best two out of three falls. That was the match of the night. And the revival, okay, so you agree with that. That was the match of the night. That's an A+. Plus. Okay. Uh, women's championship match, Oscar versus Mickey James. That's a B. Okay, and the NXT championship match, Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I also gave that a B. Okay. Uh, Alo, I know you and I both went into this show expecting the tag team championship match to be the match of the night. Was it the match of the night for you? No doubt. Okay, on the match of the year board. Yeah, match of the night for me as well. Um, where did this fall in relation to recent NXT takeovers for you, Ayla? For the, for the, for the past year? Yeah. Hmm. That's difficult. Um, if I had to put it in order going back to London, I say London's one. I'll put Dallas second, and this will be third. Okay. Derek, how about for you? Where does this one rank with 2016 I would, takeovers? I would flip the one and two on ALOs, but Toronto was definitely – well, but because we're not factoring in Brooklyn two either in those rankings. Well, I, I would I, go – Well, I think this was better than Brooklyn two. I would go – because I thought Dallas was the best one. Mm -hmm. I would go Dallas – Brooklyn too, because I'm biased because I loved, <laughs> I loved being there and seeing yeah. Nakamura win, and I just thought it was all around a good show. Mm -hmm. London really didn't do much for me. I thought that the main event with Balor and Joe was good, but because Joe started bleeding early, they kept having to stop the match yeah. all the time, which really killed it for me to mm -hmm. a degree. And I thought the women's match, Nia Jax for the belt, was just brutal to watch. <laughs> so I didn't really like London that much, but London for all of its faults to me was still better than Toronto. I really didn't think very much of it coming into it and coming out of it outside the tag title match. I could probably say I won't watch it again other than the tag title match. 
Okay, so the, no rewatchability for you other than one match. Yeah, other than that, for match of the year purposes, I wouldn't. I can't see any reason to rewatch that pay per view. Okay, do either of this, and this will be the last thing. Do either of you, Derek? I'll start with you. Do you see a, an upward trend for NXT in the near future, or do you think it continues on the pace that it's on, or the trajectory uh, that it's on? I got to say, I mean, I'm usually pretty optimistic, but I, I find it hard to be optimistic moving forward in the near future for it just because of what we talked about. So many things that we acknowledged as just truths. You don't have anybody in the women's division for the near future. You're going to bring in some veterans and they will lose to Asuka, continuing to build up her mystique and making her even more unfeasible to be beaten. Yeah. You're going to have a tag team division where the champions are hot. They're awesome. But if you handle them incorrectly or give the belts to the authors too quickly, you threaten to make that an Asuka type situation over there where the authors can't be beaten. And we don't really know where the main event area stands. Like the main event scene, you have Joe with the title again, which guarantees to be must see promos and television with that because he's been one of the lone bright spots. But we don't know what's going on with Nakamura. We don't know what's going on with Bobby Roode. If he, with this win, is he elevated into title contention? Because that would be heel versus heel. There's just so many questions and there's not enough answers that I can come up with for me to feel really confident saying it's going to be good in the near future. So I'm going to go with no, it's not going to recover. (laughs) It's not going to recover very quickly. All right, Ayla, how about your thoughts? I think it'll recover because it couldn't get any worse. (laughs) So... We have Famous Oscar. last words. Uh, yeah. It couldn't get any worse, so it can only go up because we were, in that, we were in that holding pattern since Brooklyn. It's like, okay, for example, we saw Steve Cutler wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura. Nobody's going to care about Steve mm-hmm. Cutler. We actually, the women's division is actually on a up because, because um, since Brooklyn, we've seen Billy Kay and Payne worse up their relationship. Now they actually have a story with Aaliyah, Liv Morgan, and Ember Moon. So that's... Oh, Aaliyah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Noof. A- Aaliyah. <laughs> she's she's so bad <laughs> yeah it's it's insane how bad she is like she was on that breaking ground show mm-hmm. and it was brutal uh it was yeah. so brutal mm-hmm. yeah well she wasn't she wasn't even a lead yet so when i was at the performance center she was still noof mm-hmm. i think the crowd was chanting noof when she came out oh, really? still for a little while yeah yeah because, because so that actually story in develop like that the Wizard Division is on a rise. It's not to a level of Oscar yet, but it's on a rise. So we actually have a story with the undercard. You the see Wizard the seeds Division. sprouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's sprouting, slight sprouts. <laughs> and then the you man- know who I like. Who? I'm sorry. Uh-huh. As far as like the women's division goes, she's kind of been separated because she's insanity right now. But I like Nikki like Cross. Cross. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought her up. I, I forgot all about her, but I'm excited. I, I, I like don't, her a lot. I don't like sanity except for except for Nikki Cross. <laughs> I, I don't care for Eric Young. The other two, Alexander Wolf, whatever whatever his name is, and the other guy, I don't. Alexander Wolf, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't care for him. And then like we, like I said earlier about Nakamura and the NXT and Joe and the NXT title, I'm, I'm intrigued because like I don't know what's going to happen because. Because we've been accustomed to the same things for the, since NXT has been on the network. You lose a title, you get your rematch, you lose that, and you go to WWE. But right. now I'm intrigued. Yeah, all right. I, I kind of feel, I feel I'm feeling a little bit more on the side of Derek on this that I'm not feeling encouraged that I'm going to start enjoying it weekly. And maybe that Good maybe Ron. that maybe Good that Ron. was a better Join way. Me on the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was a better way for me to phrase it because I do think Takeover typically delivers. Like you're going to be entertained for two, two and a half hours for the most part. Um, but on, on a weekly basis, I think we have a ways to go before it is the same enjoyable hour it was, you know, a year ago or two years ago. 
Um, I do think they'll eventually get there. I think they, they just haven't they haven't quite figured out what they are at the moment. It's like they're kind of straddling the fence a little too much. And like I use this phrase a lot, like Mr. Miyagi said, uh, you karate do yes or you, t- you karate do no. You karate do so-so, you get squished like a grape. So you, you need to decide whether you're truly developmental, whether you're truly just like kind of a, a glorified indie promotion. They're kind of halfway each and they haven't quite figured out what they are going forward. So that's what they need to do, I think, to get to the entertaining weekly program. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Everything that you said is pretty much just straight up. It's just what it is. They don't have an identity right now. The only people that are really marketable or actually talked about are the people that they're bringing in from other places that they didn't make themselves. So they're not really building anybody to be known right now. Like Alo mentions the women's division. Yeah, they do have some things brewing. If Ember Moon could get on TV sometime in the next decade, that would be fantastic. <laughs> if they could actually build the people on TV, and even if it is in the lower mid-card type area, and yeah, you could bring in some vets for Asuka to beat. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you just need to start moving forward somewhere with it outside of people named Samoa Joe, Asuka, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, because Samoa Joe's main event the last six takeovers. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow, that's staggering. That's no, staggering. It's actually five. Five, it's five in a row? It's yeah, still it's a lot. Oh, five? Never mind. That's yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It sounds about right. Um, <laughs> yeah, now one thing, and I guess, so this will be really the last thing. I've said that three times, I think, already. But uh, Our conversations always go like this. It, it does always go like that. So Alo brings up something. He's brought it up a couple times on the show about how NXT a few years ago they were bringing down main roster people to work with the NXT talent. Like you brought right. up Punk and Rollins, uh, AJ Lee. Was it, who was it? AJ, AJ Lee and Bailey. Um, do you think that they'll start doing that anytime soon? Or do you think they're so wrapped up with the free agents that they've acquired that they don't even have room to do that? I'd almost rather them keep it in-house, even though it would be kind of weird. Because, yeah, they did do it with Punk and they did it with AJ, but that was when NXT was a totally different brand mm-hmm. than it is right now. Like, to bring somebody from the main roster down, they would have to have nothing going on on the main roster so that they could tour with NXT instead of doing main roster stuff. Because otherwise, you're just going to risk double booking them, I'd right. imagine, well, for RV- the shows. Well, RVD came down to face Neville. I believe. I know Titus O'Neil came down to face Neville. Well, there's, well, you just named somebody that would be perfect to go down there. Send Neville back. Let, <laughs> Neville, oh, God. let Neville do some stuff, dude. Neville is doing nothing on the main roster, and it's criminal. I don't want to the talk dude, about it. The dude's way too good to not even be on TV. Right. Why did you, why'd you draft him? Why'd you draft him to the show if you're not going to put him on TV? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. That's one of the bad things about the brand split is – one of the one of the benefits of it was it was a good, guys like that were supposed to now have an opportunity and it they and don't. You know where he, you know where he w- would have an opportunity? SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping somebody who's doing nothing wins the Intercontinental Title and somehow <laughs> ends up on SmackDown. Dude, on Tuesday nights we're about to have the cruiserweight division. There's oh, my man. prediction. Because Kalisto, I think, is going to win the belt and he's going to take it to SmackDown. So, 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 more, so there'll be more, le- there'll be le- more or less time for American Alpha <laughs> and the Usos yes. and your own tag team champions who, uh, who I don't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah, oh, you don't know about you don't know about Beauty and the Man Beast. <laughs> no, I don't know about his fifteen kids, his pool. I don't know anything of anymore. Yeah, we used Hashtag to. Hashtag I got kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So, I get we all agree NXT has been on a downward slope. We're For the hopeful. Better part of the last three months. Yeah, we're hopeful that the next three months is better than the last three months. Uh, I did enjoy TakeOver. It was, it was a fun watch. Like Derek said, I probably don't have any reason to go back and watch it again other than the tag team match. Uh, and then we got what? Two more months, and then we got TakeOver San Antonio? If that's a thing. But yeah. I'm guessing I'd, I'd assume all the big four will all get a TakeOver. I think it only makes sense. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably what we're going to end up getting. Yeah, I would, I'd then, be surprised. And then Goldberg can come back again, and he can win the Royal uh, Rumble. Oh, God. And, <laughs> like, and by that point, Brock will already be within his second month with the belt somehow. And Yeah, like you guys were both saying earlier, I don't even remember if this was on the show, I think it was, that you guys can't wait, jokingly, facetiously, you can't wait for Goldberg versus Lesnar. Because it's going to be so bad. Uh, uh, yeah, I honestly, uh, I can't uh, wait there's, for it there's to be no actual. There's no actual like anticipation for this match for me. No. Like it's going to it's going to happen and I'm going to be like, "Well, that happened and then I'll go home." Yeah, my anticipation like is for it to be done. Like just be done yeah. over with. Don't have to see it or hear about it anymore. It's it's just it's such an indictment. Like NXT has the indictment that they have Samoa Joe as the main event five times in a row and I love Joe, but that shows how little wiggle room they have as far as main event talent is concerned yeah even dating even dating back like almost a year at that point that you started seeing that downward slope slope coming and the fans saw it we talked about it we saw it but for whatever reason they just figured that they could float it mm-hmm. and it was just going to keep working it, i see the same thing with their continued reliance on bringing in people like goldberg and even though lesnar's under contract He's not going to be around the next day. Punk said that all the time. He was just yep. like, oh, okay, so I'm going to lose? Yeah, that's what we're going to have you do. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, who's going to be here the next night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, you, well, you are. It was just like, all right, well, why the hell is he going over then? Yeah, it's another problem that they can't seem to find the right balance for. There's, there's going to be nothing that comes of it the same way that nothing comes of any of the Brock matches now because Brock's probably going to win because I can't imagine a reality where Goldberg comes back 13 years away from wrestling and just beats him. <laughs> because, that, because, again, that thing, it might have gone away for some people, but it still hangs over Brock's head to me. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that ended the streak. Yeah. This is the guy that beat The Undertaker. It was a huge deal. Whoever beats Brock is going to get made for life. Mm-hmm. Because the guy who beats Brock clean should be made for life because he right. is essentially now he's taken that soul, that like that feeling, that meaning of beating the streak out of the Undertaker, and now it belongs to him. So if you beat Brock ixo facto, you beat the guy who beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Which that- to me is a which to me is a huge deal mm-hmm. and shouldn't be wasted on somebody like fucking Goldberg. No, I'll be <laughs> furious if that happens. Well, I have Goldberg winning, but not clean. <laughs> I tried to hold back my F-bomb there but I couldn't <laughs> I, I don't blame you for that it, I, I, I just thought about it the thought of somebody and I don't even hate Goldberg like it's not even like a oh no screw Goldberg he sucks yeah he does suck but he seems like a nice enough guy it's weird that he's coming back I just I don't know I'm not happy about either one of them winning because even if Brock does win at very best, we're going to get him standing in the ring saying nothing as Paul Heyman gloats again, and then they disappear until after the Rumble. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, there's there's nothing for me to be excited about in this situation. Yeah. Um, Halo, you got any last words? Oh, tell your friends to get with our friends. We'll be friends. 
We do this every Wednesday and sometime occasionally on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five star reviews on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. All right, that was the Matt Madness NXT Takeover Toronto review. Derek, welcome back to the show. We look to have you on here again real soon. As always, it's an honor to be on this illustrious podcast. <laughs> As I posted on Facebook, it is an industry leading. <laughs> well, somebody knows. I appreciate that. <laughs> Ahead of the curve, two of the best in the business, sitting down and talking about wrestling every week. It's always a genuine honor to sit in with you guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. Look forward to having you back for DMAC, Derek McCauley, for Mr. Wednesday Night, ALO, Aaron Lloyd. Did I just say Mr. Wednesday Night? Mr. Wednesday Night Live, ALO, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you on Wednesday. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.